Hi, everybody. I'm Jared from Number One Bullshit with this week's F Update, the show where we go over any last-minute fight updates and final impressions of this week's card. And since we are still in Dana White Contender Series season, that is once again where we will start. Uh, five contracts given out over four fights. Not a mathematician, but I think y'all see there's a bit of a trend here. Two weeks in a row where we have had people lose fights but win the contract. We're going to start off at welterweight with Mauricio Huffy. Uh, going to be fighting at lightweight in the UFC. He was a little undersized in his fight, but real diverse striking. Uh, was getting beat up in round one, to be completely honest. Uh, but his opponent, Magomed Aliyev, uh, ended up gassing out, and Ruffy took over a Huffy. I don't know if it's an R or an H, Sam, but he took over. And in round three, Ended up getting the ground and pound stoppage, and you love to see that when somebody is outsized. They're getting outpaced early on, but they wear their opponent out. They're still there fighting for the finish. I mean, ultimately, he most likely needed the finish to get the win, and that's exactly what he did with like 30 seconds left, 15 seconds left. Uh, absolutely just great performance. And then we had Magomed uh, Gajiazulov. Uh, he was taking on Jose Medina, and this was the first of our two light heavyweight fights. Gajiazulov is impressive. 8-0 now with five finishes, four by way of knockout, only 29 years old, and he is huge for the weight class. It, it reminded me of a Modestus Bokaskis where he just looked really, really big, thick lower body, and I mean, really put it on Medina. And the only reason that Gaji Azulov did not get the finish is Medina is tough as shit. And for that reason, he got a contract. 32 years old, 11 and 3, 10 stoppages, 8 by way of knockout. But realistically, he was outmatched, outsized, should not be fighting at 205, uh, 185 at most, potentially could even be fighting at 170 in the UFC. But just a tough dude. I mean, he's getting his nose exploded, just getting it put on him. And he's smiling, you know, beckoning Gaji Azulov on and actually had his best round late in the fight in round three. And Dana White said, hey, you know, I, there's something about this kid. Let's give him a contract. Really interested to see if he goes down to a lower weight class, gets the help of the PI, if now he's not just being outsized by everybody. I want to see what that looks like. And then we had Victor Hugo. We got to have a nickname for this dude. Quasimodo, Les Mis, the Hunchback. I don't know, but something literary. It's too good to pass up. At Bantamweight, 30 years old. A veteran of 28 professional fights with a record of 24 and 4. Really impressive. 17 stoppages eight knockouts, nine submissions. This one came by submission. So his next fight, probably going to be a knockout, but he has not lost in nine years. 2014 was his last loss, and it was the result of an injury. He's been on a 13-fight win streak, finishes in six of the last seven. I mean, just really nice knee bar. You could see he's just attacking the legs. Anytime they got into any type of clinch situation, any type of entanglement, he was going for legs. Really fun exciting style. Once again, it's a bantamweight. Talk about it all the time. The lower the weight class, the more skilled. I mean, Victor Hugo looks like he should have already been in the UFC. And this is the type of talent that's outside of the UFC at these lower weight classes. He can step in and compete right away. Really looking forward to his UFC debut. And then we had Adolfo Bellato, 
in our second light heavyweight fight. He's 27 years old, 11 and two, 10 stoppages, six by way of knockout. Now his two losses have both come to Vitor Petrino, who we see is now undefeated in the UFC. One of those was actually Petrino's fight on the contender series to get into the UFC and one previously on the regional scene where Bellato got knocked out in like 30 seconds, but had an absolute dogfight with Murtasa Tala. Tala was really outsized. And I mean, both guys ate huge shots. Um, Tala is incredibly tough, but he connected with some really good shots in close, some nice uppercuts in the clinch on Bellato. And he just ate them and kept going big, big, strong, light heavyweight going to be fun to watch him moving forward i mean there's we've talked about it previously but there's a bit of a lack of talent right now at light heavyweight or lack of depth i should say so the more people you can add that are skilled that carry power that are exciting the better and then that takes us into this week's card they're calling it ufc vegas 80 fight nights being headlined by grant dawson and bobby green we did have one adjustment to the card Ah, one of the fights that we highlighted, Montel Jackson got hurt. He is out. So Chris Gutierrez actually has a new fight lined up for next week. We'll talk about that one on Monday's episode. Talking about the weigh-ins, first we'll go with the featured prelim. They announced it. They're now doing five fights on the main card, six on the undercard. And that featured prelim is going to be Felipe Lins versus Aaron Kutalaba. Fun fight. This is one that that I'm pretty excited about. It's going to be just leather being thrown as long as it lasts at the weigh-ins. Kutalaba intense as always. You know, I've, I'll always have burned in my mind him screaming in Khalil Roundtree's face. But Felipe Lenz was not having it. You know, wasn't putting up with the bullshit. So really excited to see this fight. I think it's going to get us going before we get into the main card. Tell us who you think is going to win. Go over to X, Twitter, at number one, BS Pod. Go vote in the featured prelim poll. We want to know who you are taking, Lens or the Hulk, Kutalaba. And then just some other observations from the weigh-ins. Alex Hernandez looked really good on the scale, cutting down to 145. I know he'd done it before, but after being at lightweight last time, he looked really, really good. Really excited for this fight with Bill Algio, you know, to kickstart that main card. Now, something kind of interesting. It started off with Algio as the betting favorite recently over the last few days. That has flipped all the way to I think Hernandez is now a, a minus 145 favorite. There were some grumblings last week that this fight was going to be off. So I don't know if Algio's hurt or what, you know, what's going on in the background that led to this shift. But regardless, super excited for that fight. Another guy that looked great on the card or on the scale, excuse me, was Joaquin Buckley. He looks in shape. He looks ready to roll. Got me excited for that fight. But poor Alex Morono, his opponent, he's sitting there getting ready to weigh in. And the commission is nowhere to be found. He had to wait a minute and a half where he's like hunched over. The guy is cutting weight. And he's having to wait a minute and a half for the commission to get there so he can weigh in. So that kind of sucked. Uh, but he looked good at the uh, when they were staring each other down. And then, you know, body bags with the Z like it's 2003. Joe Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan at the stare down. I mean, just intense. It, it, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but you could just see the intensity in these men's faces. And Joe Pfeiffer during the week, 
he has an edge about him. He's pissed off. His press conference or the fighter questions I thought were great. Go if you have an opportunity. He was on there for like 20 minutes. Go listen to it. He is it made me more of a fan of his to hear, you know, his story, why he thinks he deserves what he has, his care for his teammate and Sean Brady. It just made me a, a bigger fan of the fighter on top of, like I said, the Z like it's 2003. So super, super excited for that fight. And then the main event, Grant Dawson, Bobby Green. It was kind of weird. There was a, a funky thing. Like Grant Dawson went to shake his hand. Bobby Green wasn't having it. Apparently, Grant Dawson had made a video where he said something during training about Bobby Green. Bobby Green took exception to it. And Grant Dawson, during the whole faceoff, was just kind of like, come on, I know you're a nice guy. You're always a nice guy to me in the uh, uh you know, in back. So I don't understand what what this is all about. It was it was kind of an awkward, weird deal. However, super excited for that fight. And then go over to Twitter at X at number one BS pod. Go look at the fight picks. Those will be posted not last week, but the week before last time we had fights. DJ and I had the exact same pick. So we went four and one. The one that we got wrong is both of us had Fazeev. Obviously did not see that knee injury coming. But go over. Tell us what you think. Who got it right? Jared, not DJ, and put your own picks up there. Let us know. But now our totals for DJ, 48, 17, and 1 since we started the podcast. That freaking 1, uh, Mike Bell. And then I am at 45, 20, and 1. Slowly making my comeback by years, and don't worry, people. I will take the lead. And then bit of an early start tomorrow. The prelims start at 4 p.m. with the main card starting at 7 Wall-to-wall on ESPN+. Plus, Like I said, you're not going to get these cards on regular ESPN so long as it is football season. But super, super excited for these fights. You know, I want to see, can Joe Pfeiffer live up to the hype that's there? You know, what about Mateus Mendoza? Can he make a big impact uh, in that first fight at flyweight in the UFC? You know, Buckley at 170 looks really good, but Alex Morono is a test for anybody. If Buckley is going to live up to what people think he can be, he has to pass the Alex Morono test tomorrow. Senor Perfecto, Bill Algio, Alex Hernandez, I think is just going to be wild for as long as it lasts. And speaking of wild for as long as it lasts, we have all action all the time, Drew Dober and Ricky Glenn. And then ultimately, we're going to learn about Grant Dawson. Because similar to Joaquin Buckley, but Grant Dawson's a little, a little higher up there, closer to a title shot. But if Grant Dawson is going to be a title challenger, and he's 21-1, and one, there's nothing that to lead us to believe that he's not going to be a top five caliber fighter. But in order to do that, he has to pass the Bobby Green test because Bobby's going to be there the entire time. And it's you know, with that funky style, hands low, is Grant Dawson going to be able to get the takedown and ultimately get to the backpack like he does against everybody? But if he can't have the hands developed enough for him to be able to stand with Bobby Green as long as he has to until he can get it to the ground, I don't know, but we are going to find out. Cannot wait to talk to you guys about it. Appreciate y'all for listening. As always, love and respect.